Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hartcastle. Open up your Bibles to Mark chapter 11. We're going to turn there in just a moment. Today is Palm Sunday. And uh, Palm Sunday is one of those uh, kind of the stepchild of Easter. It's kind of the child that it's the Sunday before that doesn't get a lot of attention, uh, doesn't get a lot of uh, glory, a lot of fame for Palm Sunday. Some, many churches just kind of overlook it, just kind of move on. And, and uh, I always want to make sure that we're always recognizing special moments that happened in the life of Christ because they're very symbolic for special moments that happen in our lives. Uh, there's a story of a, of a young boy who was sick on a Sunday morning, on Palm Sunday morning, as a matter of fact, and uh, he didn't really feel like going to church. And so he, uh, he, he, he was kind of faking a little bit. He kind of wasn't as sick as what he made himself out to be. And, and dad said, you know, you really need to come to church today, son. You're going to miss out on a great service. He's like, he's like, dad, I just don't feel so good. I just don't think I can make it today. I just, I just need to stay here. And, uh, he's thinking I get to sleep in I get to watch TV. I don't have to go to church. I don't have to, you know, the old people squeezing my cheeks and getting their coffee breath in my face. I don't have to look, be a part of that. And so he, uh, he talks his parents into let him stay on Palm Sunday. So they go to church and a, uh, a few hours later, they come back and they're all excited. They're just really, really pumped up about what happened at, at service today. And they're talking about, man, was that amazing? That, is, that was so incredible. And, and the little boy's like, what happened? What happened? I missed it. What happened? What, what's going on? And they, and they said, well, it's Palm Sunday. And today is when Jesus came in and, and everybody had palm branches and they waved them around. They threw them at his feet and he walked in and, and it was amazing. Jesus, uh, this what happened on Palm Sunday. And the little boy said, what? What? I missed the day that Jesus showed up. <laughs> now, not necessarily that, but, you know, Palm Sunday is definitely one of those Sundays that you may not fully understand what it is because it's maybe never been explained to you. I know in myself, I grew up in church and I heard every Sunday about Palm Sunday, you know, in the kids area. You know, we say, these are your palms. And you wave them around like branches to worship Jesus, right? That's what we did in children's church. This is our palms. We wave them around. And, and so uh, there's lots of symbolism that goes along with Palm Sunday. But today, I wanted to take a moment, and I don't always do this, but it just seemed appropriate today to kind of teach you guys a little bit about what really Palm Sunday in the uh, in the people who experienced it in that time, why was it so important to them? Because, see, we can look back when we read the Bible. Many times when we read the Bible, we look back and we know the answers to the to the test. We know the answers to the story because we read it looking back at what history tells us. But we must understand that the the audience of the day, the audience that was there when Jesus walked into the city 
and he was on the, the colt walking in on the, or he was on the colt and the colt was walking in that they threw these palm branches down and they threw their cloaks down. We have to ask the question, why? Well, at least I do. I don't know about you, but I do. I, I ask the question, why? What compelled the audience of that day to think all of a sudden, let's throw some palm branches down. Let's throw our cloaks down. Let's throw our coats down for him. What possessed the people in that time, in that arena, to be so driven with a, a response such as that? I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you this way. Um, if I go to a concert, okay, I go to a concert and... Um, Say that I go to a concert and it's one of my favorite groups. Okay? It's one of my favorite groups. I listen to them all the time. I mean, you know, you pick your favorite group that you have, you know, whatever that group may be. And, and you, you think you go to the concert, you know their songs, you know their lyrics. What do you do in the concert? What do you do? Man, you get into it. You're like, yeah. And when they hit the next hit, when they hit the next hit, you're like, oh yeah! Wow! You go crazy, man. You're like, yes! This is my, this is my jam here. You know, I mean, you act like, do you not act like idiots at a concert? Everybody does. I do. I mean, I go crazy. I'm like, oh yeah. And then, and then, you know, if they don't do your hit at, by the end, you're about to riot the place. I mean, you're about to turn tables over and start, you know, shiving people or whatever. Give my song, you know, and all they're doing is teasing you. They want you to do encore, encore. And they come back out and they blow it out of the water. And what do you do? You almost go, oh, it's the song. You know, it's, it's like there's a response. There's a there's something you have a history. You have a reason why you're acting the way you're acting, because there was history to it. Unlike if you go to a concert that you've never heard, you never heard the artist, you never even know any of the songs. What do you do? You know who they are at the concert. They don't know what they their wives drug them to that concert. Right. And they're like the wives are going. Yeah, yeah. And they're singing they're like mm, I'm hungry. I want to get out of here. And, and so I, I want to kind of give you that illustration because. We must understand that this was the same way in the day that Jesus was there with the Jewish people. There was something inside of them that compelled them to respond the way they did. To, to enact such a, such a powerful analogy as taking palm branches or taking leafy branches and putting down in front of Jesus. There had to be a backstory to get them to this place. Because this was before Facebook. This was before uh, any of your Snapchat and your Instagram. This was before social media and before technology was the way it was. Jesus didn't have a um, a phone tree that he said, hey, y'all, I'm coming to your town. Get ready. Here I come. This wasn't in the day of time that the word would have been already out there. But I will tell you what time this was in Jesus' life. Jesus was on his healing tour. Okay, I'll call it that. It's not really that. But in the timeline of what we're going to read today, this was on the heels of Jesus going from town to town and doing many miracles and his reputation preceded him. He was um, he was a star. He was at the height of his uh, fame, you could say, in the city. In fact, this actually falls just after Lazarus, his good friend. He had raised him from dead back to life. So imagine there's this energy going on in the community. There's this energy in Jerusalem of this man named Jesus, this rabbi named Jesus. They didn't, he wasn't a prophet at the time. He was just a rabbi. He was a teacher. And and there's this excitement that was happening. There was energy that was underswell that was going on. So as we read our story today, I want you to think about that audience. 
Put yourself in their place. What would you do if I if I said, hey, guess what? Um, I'm trying to think of a good illustration, but I better just be safe. Uh, Jesus is coming today. Uh, how are you going to respond? What's going to be your reaction? I don't know about you, but I would be like, I'd be shocked. I'd be like flabbergasted. I would be fearful. Because I'd be like, oh, Jesus, the son of God. You know, but how do you react whenever the biggest star of your world walks into a room? How do you react? Now, some of you are like, oh, I play cool, man. Yeah, I'm cool like that. I'm cool. I don't, I don't, I don't have any emotions. You're the type of person I want to see whenever they walk in. You're like, ah! You scream like a little girl, you know. You're like, oh, my God, it's him, it's him. You know, I mean, you know, it's something as stupid and silly as how would you be if, the, you know, one of the Kardashians walked in? I'd walk out, but I don't know what you would do, you know. How, how would you react if if the, the 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 artist that you think is the greatest, the movie star you think is greatest, the singer you think is how would you react? This is the audience that we're learning about today. OK, stand your feet. Mark, chapter 11. We're going to read the story about uh, Palm Sunday today, and it's going to kind of illustrate a little bit about the crowd and what they were going through in the audience that he was coming into. OK, as they approached Jerusalem, this is they that this is the disciples. This is Jesus and his disciples as they approached Jerusalem and came to uh, Bethphage. I don't know if I said that right, but you can correct me later. And Bethany at Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples ahead of them. And he said to them, he said, go to the village or go to Jerusalem ahead of you. And, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever written, written, untie that colt and bring it here. Now, here's what the here's what he tells them. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? So basically, just let me get a picture. Why are you taking this colt? Why are you why are you stealing this colt? I mean, this is literally this is not what he's doing because they'll explain it. He says this. They say, why are you taking this? They he said they say this. The Lord needs it and he will send it back here shortly. So so don't just relax, people. We're borrowing the colt. We'll bring it back in just a little bit. It says they went and found the colt outside in the street, tied to a doorway. As they untied it, what happened? Uh, go to the next verse, please. That some people standing there asked, what are you doing? Untying that colt. And what do they say? They answered it as Jesus told them to do. And the people, what do they do? They let them go. So there's almost, we don't see it in scripture here, but there is kind of a stopping of a citizen's arrest, I would say. Kind of like, wait, 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 what are you doing? You can't be taking that coat. And they said, no, the Lord needs it. We'll bring it back here shortly. And they go, okay. Now, what's interesting is when they say the word Lord, remember whose reputation is very heightened at this time. When we read scripture, we have to understand that there was already rumors of him coming. They already heard that he might be here. And so here he is. And they let him go. Then verse seven says, uh, when they brought the coat to Jesus, they threw their cloaks over them. The disciples, they took their their garments, their outer garments, and they laid them over him. And he sat on it. Verse eight, it says many people spread their cloaks on the road while others spread branches. Remember, 
that they had cut in the fields. And I'm going to come back to that in just a minute, give you a little more information about that. Those who went ahead and those who followed, what do they say? Say it with me. They said, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Verse 10, it goes on to say, read it with me. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father, David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Father, help us today to understand, as they did in those days, what this day symbolizes and represents. Help us to be stirred in our hearts, challenged in our minds. But God, most importantly, may we always surrender our life to you. May you become Hosanna over our hearts. In Jesus' name. Everybody said. So interesting that that they come and and Jesus gives them a play-by-play. This is what's going to happen. This is how this is going to unfold. Now, how did Jesus know that there was a cult at the gate? Well, Michelle and I, whenever we had the chance to go to uh, Israel and go to Jerusalem, uh, that city, every gate that's set up in that city uh, has a marketplace as you go into the city, every single one of them. Every marketplace has everything from from livestock all the way down uh, to ram's horns, to clothing, I mean, you, to food items. It is a f- marketplace full of stuff. So Jesus would have known, because of his many journeys to Jerusalem, that there were cults at the entryway. Also, this is a point I didn't bring out in the first service, but I'll bring it out to you guys because I'm more awake now than I was in the first service. Uh, In Jerusalem, geographically, whenever they're talking about the Mount Olives, whenever we were there, they still have the Mount Olives where Jesus uh, would go and pray. And it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful place, but it enters in at a certain place in the city. And the place that it enters in is right by the temple. It's very symbolic for what Jesus is painting as his picture of him coming in to the city. So I, I want you to know there's a lot of layers of prophecy that's fulfilled by Jesus on this day. There's lots of, of symbolism that takes place through this encounter that we're seeing today. And I'll go, I'll talk about that in just a little bit. But with that, I want to, I want to ask this question. You know, all four of the gospels cover this story. All four of the gospels talk about Palm Sunday. And when they talk about Palm Sunday, they talk about leafy branches. They don't necessarily talk about palm. Uh, the only author that really summarizes that is, the, is John. John's the only one who calls it palm, palms. And, and, and so uh, it's interesting because John actually was summarizing the other three. John didn't actually have an account of Jesus. He read the Gospels and he wrote his. So there's a different reason why it's there. But I asked the question, this is what the question I said. I said, why why these leafy branches? Why, if they was palms, why would, why would palms be why they would flow on the ground? And so I did, was doing research this week, and, um, and, and I, I remember some things like this from Bible college, but it's been several years ago, uh, and so I had to refresh my mind. But let me give you a little bit of a Jewish history, if you will, just go with me just a, just a little bit to hear. I won't go into detail. I just want you to understand where palms would come from, where this leafy branch would happen. There is this... Um, in Jewish tradition, there are all kinds of celebrations, much like Fourth of July is to us, uh, much like uh, Memorial Day and Labor Day. We have these holidays. Well, in the Jewish culture, they had week-long celebrations. Uh, they really partied it up. They celebrated in a big, big way because their past was so horribly tragic 
When God brought them out, they celebrated in many different ways. Well, one of the celebrations that they would do was called the Festival of Sukkot. And the Festival of Sukkot, what it symbolized was a time when God provided, God protected, and God was remaining in his covenant with them. His promise he had made, he was continuing on. The Festival of Sukkot. Now, the Festival of Sukkot takes place in September, October time, in the fall time. It's when the harvest would come in and they would be reminded about how God had blessed them. And they would say, praise to God, he provided for us. And it would be like a five-day celebration of God's faithful provision through the festival, through the harvest that was coming in. Okay? They do that now because of Yom Kippur. If you remember, Yom Kippur is a powerful holiday that back during World War II, it's whenever whenever they finally were liberated and they were recognized as a state once again. It happened on Yom Kippur. And that is very symbolic because for thousands of years they had their rights taken away and yet God had restored them. God protects. God helps. God provides. God's in covenant with us. OK, I'm giving you all that to, to say this. This story does not happen at that time. What are you talking about? You wasted our time. You gave us a story that don't even happen. Now, the reason why I told you this story is because you have to understand why they did what they did on Palm Sunday is because of what this festival of Subat takes place. Here's why. They would take, because the palm leaves would fall off the branches, they would use those palm leaves to sing praises to God. They didn't want to destroy earth. They were always trying to take care of it. And they would use it as a symbol of their thankfulness and worship to God. So now we come into the time that Jesus is coming into the city and he's getting ready to welcome. He's getting ready to enter in and he's at the height of his fame and he's at the height of everything that's coming on. Well, in their hearts, the festival of Subot represents the soon coming king. That's going to save them from their oppression of the Roman Empire. The audience of that day were under impression. They were under uh, oppression. Thank you. I knew there was some word out there. I was going to find it eventually. It's going to come down. Uh, They were under this oppressive regime known as the Roman Guard. Who took away their rights, took away, they gave them limited freedom, but they didn't have this complete freedom that they once had. And they were looking every single day for Hosanna in the highest. They were looking every day for the, for God to come and save them, for a victorious king to overcome and overthrow the Roman government and bring them victory. And so here, Jesus just heals Lazarus and he's done a miracle. He's on a miracle tour. He has all these things going on. And in the back of their head, they're thinking, this could be the guy. This could be the one. This could be the guy that's going to save us from the Roman guards. This could be the one to deliver us. He's the one. All of a sudden, they're around. Two disciples come in and says, hey, we need the coat. The Lord needs the coat. The Lord would, they would recognize as being Christ. And they would say, wait a minute, the guy that's doing the miracles, what? He's the cult. And they're going to Zechariah chapter seven, verse nine, where it says, see your deliverer comes in riding on a cult. And they go, it's it. This is the time. 
hot dog, get your branches, get your stuff, because the king is coming and we're going to be free. And they get excited and news spreads throughout the whole city and they get their palm branches and they get ready to go. And here comes Jesus coming in on the colt, riding on his colt and all the people Waving branches saying, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, the one who saves, the one who comes. He's here. He's here. Hey, guys, he's here. This is him. What an amazing moment. Take a picture. What an amazing moment in time that the king, Jesus Christ, is celebrated finally for all that he's done and all he's going to do. But something happened past that day because just a few days later, the same words they speak Hosanna, they say crucify him. Just as quick as the crowd believes he's going to deliver them, they turn on him and say, nope, he's an imposter yet once again. So I see three three insights that we get through the Psalm, uh, through the, the, the Palm Sunday today. Three thoughts I want to give you guys, and this is it's this. Number one, why is there Palm Sunday? Why did God allow this day to be written down in history? Why did the people respond the way they did? Why did they celebrate him one day and kill him a few days later? Well, number one is this. Jesus did this because he, he came to bring attention to the purpose of God. He came to bring attention to God's purpose. Jesus did not come for his own agenda. He didn't come um, if he wanted to. He could have come as a political uh, savior. If he wanted to, he could have come as a, the next, next rock star, the next movie star. He could have used a lot of different avenues to proclaim attention on himself. But instead, he focused on the attention to God. He came to bring attention to the purpose of God. John 17, verse one through five. Jesus said this. He says, not my glory. It's not me bringing glory to me. It's not for me that I do any of these things. It's to the glory of who? The glory of God. He came to bring attention to God's purpose. The second thing is this. He came to bring understanding to God's purpose. People didn't understand. They thought he was going to save them. They thought he was going to redeem them. They thought this is the guy that's going to set us free. And when they realized he wasn't going to do it the way they think or thought he should, they turned on him quickly and against him. The one that walked in on Palm Sunday was their savior. But the one that they sent to the cross was the one who blasphemed God, the one who they look to as Hosanna in the highest is the one they look to just a few days later. And they say, he's a liar. He's a hypocrite. He's nothing what he claimed he was. He's not going to set us free. He's not going to give us freedom. And they turn on him. We often don't understand how they could celebrate him one day and ridicule and 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 uh, uh, and crucify him the next Well, because they're human and they had a selfish motive for why they celebrated. And when the celebration didn't go to the victory of overcoming the Roman guard, they turned on him and said, well, then kill him and we'll look for the next one. He came to bring attention to his to God's purpose. He came to bring understanding to God's purpose. And number three, he came to bring devotion 
to God's purpose. He came to show us what it meant to be devoted. Imagine if you would, at the height of whatever your job, say you're in a promotion, you're at the height of your job, and everybody's like, wow, you did amazing on that project. I can't believe you did that. That is so good. That is so good. One day they're celebrating you. The next, they're asking for you to, asking for you to quit, to resign, because they don't like what you've done. This is literally what happened with Jesus. And yet, Jesus, through the next several days that we're going we're gonna to symbolize here, through the next several days, we see the life of Christ go from triumph to tragedy, go from celebration to crucifixion. We see his life journey from um, the highest place to the lowest of depths. And yet, he was the one that in the final moments of his life, he said, if it's possible, take this cup from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but what? But your will be done. What do you do whenever life turns for the worst? What do you do whenever you think you have it all figured out and you think you have the pieces of the puzzle put into place? You think you have your spouse figured out? You think you have your finances figured out? You think you have your kids figured out? You think you have the answers to everything you need to know and you feel pretty good about it. But what happens whenever the next day you wake up, it changes like that? What happens when the phone call comes? The doctors give you a story or give you your, your, uh, your, um, and your, the answer that you didn't want to hear, but you knew it was probably right. You have cancer. What happens whenever there's a knock at your door and it's police officers come to the door and they say, we hate to tell you, but your child was involved in an accident tonight and they lost their life. From triumph to tragedy, our lives could change like that. Our lives are not consistent, steady. One day you wake up and you're on top of the mountain. The next day you wake up and you can't even, you're so far down you can't even see where the mountain's at. What happens for me is I have to remember who God is. I have to understand that my emotions do not determine his direction. And I have to understand that, that no matter what, I'm going to stay devoted to who he is. You know, this, the analogy that, that uh, he's riding on a colt, colt uh, that analogy is very symbolic for what he does in our hearts. Okay? In the day and time in which the, the audience lived, what would happen would be whenever, they, whenever the warriors would go out to fight in a battle, they would, of course, fight on foot, but they would fight on horses, war horses. And war horses would do a lot of, uh, a lot of the work and protect a lot of the, the men. And what would happen is whenever one enemy or whenever a, a certain uh, uh, side loses, that the king of the opposite side would get on his war horse and he would go into the city on top of his war horse. Now, remember, this, they just come out of battle. There would have been blood. There would have been blood of the people in that town, their fathers, their husbands, their children. The blood would be on this horse. And whenever the king would ride in or the, the general would ride into that town, he was stating, I rule you. 
I killed your strongest and now you will serve me. It was a very domineering, nonverbal symbol that said, I conquered you. That's what the Jewish people wanted with Jesus. That's what they were looking for, a conquering king. Instead, though, Jesus gets a colt, a donkey. And, and, and he gets on the donkey and he rides in just very calmly as the people celebrate him. What does that symbolize? Well, just like I was saying with the king, they also had another symbolism in the day when they wanted to bring peace to a city, they would ride on a donkey or a colt because a donkey is calming and peaceful and it's more humble. And Jesus was saying that day, I'm not coming to conquer your city. I'm, con- I'm coming to bring peace and hope to your hearts. And though the people didn't know they were singing Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Although they didn't realize what they were really saying is blessed is the one who conquers my heart with the love of God. Bow your heads with me today. Father, help us today to be able to recognize that Palm Sunday is so much more than a time and a date and a place and a a Sunday before Easter. It's It's more than that, God. It's deeper than that. Because Palm Sunday symbolizes The day you came and you conquered our hearts with hope. You conquered our lives with love. You gave us a reason to serve you, to surrender to you. God, Jesus, you didn't come that day to, to take down the kingdom. You came that day and you marched triumphantly through the streets to tear down the walls of bitterness, to tear down the walls of hatred and envy. You came that day to to tear down the things that try to distract us and try try to destroy us in life. You came that day to bring peace to our otherwise very chaotic worlds. You came to bring love. God, today, every person in this room, this day is for them. Before the crucifixion, before the agony of the cross, there was celebration in the city because the Savior had come. He came to save our lives. With head bowed and eyes closed, you're here today and you have not surrendered your life to Christ. You have not surrendered to the hope, the peace, and the love that He gives Today, he comes to you. Today, he says to you, let me in. Surrender to me. Allow me to heal the places you've been hurting for so long. Allow me to bring you hope. For I'm Hosanna. I'm your everlasting, devoted God for you. With head bowed and eyes closed, you're here today. You need to surrender your life to Hosanna. Surrender your life to Christ, to the conquering king of our hearts. Would you just bow your heads and just say this prayer? Say, Jesus, here I am. I surrender my life to you. I ask you to come into my heart. Heal it. So many broken places inside. 
Bring your peace. Bring your hope. Bring your healing. I thank you for that, Jesus. This Palm Sunday. Thank you. Everybody said. You have been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. We thank you for tuning in and would like to encourage you to worship with us if you're in our area. Our Sunday morning service is at 10 a.m. and we have other activities throughout the week for the entire family. For more information, go to crossviewfellowship.com. Thanks again for listening to a ministry of Crossview Church. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 